The Talking 306 Podcast is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, supported by Connexus. Connexus Credit Union is all about their members. Improving their financial well-being drives everything they do. And that's not just something they say. It's a promise that's delivered by over 900 employees across Saskatchewan. Their employees are members too, and they've been there, so they're committed to making your money work for you. The banking industry needs to change, and Connexus is changing it for everyone, because Connexus cares. Visit connexus.ca to learn more. Also, please make sure to check out What Connects Us, a new podcast powered by Connexus Credit Union. I'm so happy that Connexus has started this podcast. Hosted by Connexus's own Mason Gardner, What Connects Us features people in Saskatchewan who are having meaningful one-on-one conversations about their own personal stories of triumph, heartbreak, redemption, vulnerability, risk, and the role that money plays in these journeys. The guests will range from familiar faces in the province to lesser-known community ambassadors, but all guests offer a variety of interesting stories, lessons learned, and experiences that will result in many meaningful and entertaining conversations. You can find the What Connects Us podcast on the Saskatchewan Podcast Network website right at the top of our podcast library. So please check out the What Connects Us podcast. You can find it uh, on social media, anywhere you listen to your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. Or again, you can find it at www.saskpodcastnetwork.com. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is also supported by Sask Energy. Sask Energy this winter wants you to protect your home from carbon monoxide poisoning. Install an alarm today. Install carbon monoxide alarms on every floor of your home. Check your vents and chimney regularly for debris. So we just had a big big snowstorm pretty much right across the province. So please make sure when you're shoveling to make sure that your vents and chimneys are clear. Also important, never idle a vehicle in a garage. This can cause carbon monoxide buildup. It's very unsafe to do that. If you think your home has carbon monoxide, leave your home immediately and call 911 or your local fire department. Visit saskenergy.com for more information on carbon monoxide. That's www.saskenergy.com for more information on carbon monoxide. And of course, the Talking 306, as always, is supported by my friends at Path Cowork in Regina. Path Cowork is, in my opinion, the best co-working space in Saskatchewan. They're still going, uh, even though there's there's been a number of new cases, uh, COVID-19 cases. Path Cowork is still operating. They're still, uh, most importantly, they're operating safely. Now with the new masking uh, mandate in public spaces, members there are wearing masks. They have hand sanitizer everywhere. They have uh, cleaning wipes. It's a very safe environment. Uh, it's probably the most comfortable co-working space and it's uh, it's certainly my favorite so please go to pathcowork.ca to learn more you can uh, learn about membership rates the amenities that are there boardrooms you can rent uh, they have of course free beer and coffee so anyway again check out pathcowork.ca and thanks to my friends at path for supporting the talking 306 podcast Welcome to the Talking 306 Podcast. I'm the host, Dale Richardson. 
On this episode of the Talking 306 podcast, my guest is Mark Johnston. Mark Johnston is the morning host on Regina's 92.1 radio station. And when they're actually playing, Mark is the in-game host for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We recently sat down to discuss his life and career, including his early life, playing hockey growing up, how he got into radio broadcasting, imposter syndrome and performing live on the air, our shared love for Howard Stern, the creative restrictions that radio often has, and I admit to Mark that I've never actually listened to him on the radio. We also discussed mental health and anxiety, Mark's journey to sobriety, and how fellow broadcaster Rod Peterson has helped him along that path. My name is Dale Richardson, and this is the Talking 306 podcast, and this is my conversation with Mark Johnston. the window <laughs> how are you doing good to good to i guess meet you in in person I, I i think we've probably seen each other places and then on instagram and social media world and all that i guess but have we have we met in person before i think we've maybe seen each other at path and yeah i don't know if we've ever actually like formally introduced ourselves to one another but it's the world we live in hey where you can go on yeah. social media follow someone and feel like you know the person without ever actually seeing them face to face yeah well i'm I, I mean that's it's something that i that i wrote down i don't i don't you know when i first started my podcast i i really did a lot of research on my guests and thought up all these really great questions and you know kind of had it mapped out in my head where i wanted things to go and then now I just have like, like four four points to make, and then <laughs> you got the little scrap piece of paper with some yeah, stuff written down. Yeah, there. no, and the re- and the reason why why I changed my my style, and maybe maybe you find this on the radio, is that it was too like I would listen back to the episodes that that I did at the beginning, and they were too rushed. Like I wouldn't listen to my guests as well. Yeah, and you almost. You almost just think this is the next question I'm going to ask because I have it written down mm-hmm. rather than sitting there and listening to what the person is saying and then thinking, oh, wait a second. Why don't I ask that question? It's good to have like knowledge of the person and what they're all about and some background, but having a having an interview structured out like with everything that you want to do, just it, you're right. It's like you're almost rushing to get to that next question when you don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it and it just sounded it just didn't sound as good. But and here's the thing, you once you do it more, you get better. And I was yeah. I I've, I've been listening to some of your old podcasts and I was just listening to the one you did with uh Rod Peterson and yeah. and you talk about Howard Stern and how he is such a good interviewer and Stern wasn't always that good, but he's done it for so long that he's now that good and we can all learn from a guy like that or you know who else is really good and i actually liked him on hockey night in canada but it was short-lived was george strombolopoulos oh yeah that dude is so good and he's because he listens he listens to what people are saying he leans in and he's like yeah yeah and then like you know he he asks a question that you're like oh i wasn't even thinking of that and that's what stern does the thing about stern of course is that he you know he he has personally he's evolved yeah. right and 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 he talks about that a lot and yeah you know like anytime i mention like i talk about him to my to my partner all the time and her response as i, I think 
as I think it is for for a lot of women, maybe is that oh he's a pig and you know he's this and he's that and he used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and and at times you know he his show kind of goes off on the on the more raunchy side, but yep. I don't really listen to you know his show so much as the interviews that he does because I and and uh, yeah you're exactly right he's the the most I don't know how he knows to ask some of the questions that he asks. I know. And you're right. And that's what I do. When I see like a video pop up on Facebook and it's Stern interviewing someone, I immediately click on it because I'm like, I want to hear what he asks these people. And you're right. It's like he gets things out of people that I don't think any other interviewer is able to, or they can't ask those questions because they'd be like, what? You're asking me that? That's so inappropriate. But when Stern does it, it's like, no, that's, that's Howard Stern. The one thing I will say that I've noticed with Stern lately, though, is sometimes, and I think we're all guilty for this in a sense, but sometimes he needs to just shut up and let his guests yeah. answer. Yeah. But I think that's all of us in just everyday life. We're, we're, we're waiting to, to jump in and immediately say something and interject when sometimes it's just good to sit back and let the person answer. Yeah. Um. That's you know it's funny that that you were listening to the to the episode with with Rod because that was something that I was gonna gonna, gonna talk to you about because you guys kind of have I mean not not you know similar stories but uh, more similar than mm-hmm. you would think you know just in terms of you know sobriety and being on the radio and now you doing the work that you do with the Rough Riders and Rod's. Um, kind of kind of esteemed career but maybe we can get into into that later in in terms of that conversation so yeah um, you know typically as you as you probably listen i i i like to kind of go back a little bit with my with my guests and um so is is regina your hometown it is yeah grew up here uh went to high school at winston knoll uh yeah which is in the north end of town i've lived here my whole life except and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but except for six months when I was in Saskatoon for broadcasting school, I've lived here my whole life. Right. Yeah. What did your parents do or what, what do they do? If so my mom's retired now. She was a government of Saskatchewan employee for years and years and years. She retired five years ago now. And then my dad is a lawyer. He's going to be retiring very soon, actually, which I'm excited for him. But he's uh, done real estate law most of, most of his career. Right. Yeah. So what did you do uh, like during high school and stuff? Were you so sports I, guy? Yeah, big sports guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing up, the big sports that I that I played, um, hockey was basically my main focus. But I played uh, baseball growing up. I got into lacrosse because for me, um, the way I played hockey, I got myself in trouble a lot. Slashing, hooking, cross-checking. That was kind of the style of hockey that I played. The You know, get into the corners and muck it up. So when uh, I got the opportunity to play lacrosse, I'm like, man, this is going to be so good because you're allowed to literally do all of that. You're allowed to slash, cross-check and stuff. So yeah, a lot of my time growing up was spent playing sports. And and uh, after, uh, after I was done playing hockey Regina. I played uh, junior B with the Regina Capitals here in town. So I played, I think it was three years with the Capitals. And and again, that was, that was a ton of fun. I don't play hockey all that much anymore. When I do get out to skate, it's just like recreational skates. And, and yeah. uh, I feel like I'm going to, you know, spit blood up because I haven't been on the skates for so long. And it's, 
yeah. I'm not as I'm not as in shape as I once was. But yeah, sports have always been a, a big part of my life, whether it's playing or watching. You know, I didn't I didn't play hockey. I I played basketball growing up, and then uh, and then I got into water skiing, uh, mm-hmm. kind of in my in my teen years. So I I dropped playing basketball, but. Yeah, I, I didn't play hockey. A couple of my buddies did. Um, but one of the things that I'm really fascinated in, as I'm sure you have been, in the last few months, I guess it was this was mostly in the, in the winter pre-pandemic, but, you know, these these stories about kind of hockey culture and, you know, these stories about uh, uh, Daniel Carcillo and, you know, kind of these weird locker room kind of kind of horror stories and, did you run into things like that uh, in your in your playing years? Like just some you know strange happenings going on with that in terms of like the coaches or just like no, locker room. No, I would never. I would never say it was anything that was like, oh, this is this is so bad. No, but I mean, I think that that hockey in general and the way coaches approach the game has changed drastically. Um, like I know there was there was things we did back when I was in hockey Regina that that coaches wouldn't do now like running stairs at the Brandt Center until basically you're ready to throw up or yeah. line pucks up down the boards and, and skate back uh, to the puck and back to the goal line puck back to the goal line kind of thing like stuff like that where coaches would would be mad because you had a, a bad game or whatever um you know, I, I've seen coaches break sticks over crossbars and stuff like that, but I, I, I don't think that. Yeah, it's it's changed the approach of the approach of ho- like coaching hockey has changed, and and I mean, I was the type of player that I I kind of like that 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 lit a fire under my butt when the coach got mad. You'd be like, now we better get out there and right. and work and win this hockey game, or else we're going to be in trouble again, kind of thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's um, yeah, I've liked, I've, I've enjoyed watching the NFL in the last couple of years as well because of you can see that there is a very kind of clear evolution in in, in coaching as well, like even even at that level where you've got you know the old guard like yeah. you know like Belichick who is he's obviously the best, mm-hmm. and he's a he's still kind of an old school guy, and then you've got guys like um. Uh, well, I mean, mostly like Shanahan and uh, yeah, like Sean McVay, who's a yeah, young guy. Yeah, yeah, I like I I like the approach that they're taking to coaching. It's 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 good, you know, more player positive focused, I guess, as opposed to just shitting on guys and saying how terrible they are. For sure, and I think there's a fine balance. Like I think John Tortorella is a great example of a guy that's like more old school mentality, but seems to have adapted his coaching style a bit to to you know favor the the younger guys coming into the league and that more new school type of coaching, which is good too, right? Um, but yeah, I, th- I would say John Tortorella is probably. <laughs> so- <laughs> My cat, yeah, my cat's climbing up on our floating shelves behind me right now, and I thought he was gonna come crashing down with a bunch of stuff on me too. But oh my god, we're all good. We're all good. <laughs> I've got a dog. He doesn't jump up anywhere. Uh, not, this, not not that high. No, this cat is oh, crazy, man. man. He can't sit still. So sorry about What's that. Their name? What's their cat's name? Uh, Frankie. Oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah, he's a he's a great little cat. Um. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about in your in your kind of kind of I guess early years was did you just b- based on your 
you know, performing, I guess, that you do now, or at least it's a variation of, did you do any like drama or, or kind of performance stuff at school? Any, any of that? No, to be honest with you, that stuff terrified me back in the day. Really? Like having to get up even in front of the class to do a speech back in the day, just right. terrified me. I even remember, like, I think it was in grade 12 or maybe grade 11, I had a presentation for some science class. I don't recall what it was, but I remember just like the anxiety leading up to leading up to it and then even doing it. And then once I was done, it's like, oh, so yeah, doing drama or anything like that wasn't really something that I wanted to do or was comfortable with doing, which is strange now because you're right. I'm in the, I'm in the business where I'm, uh, you know, four hours a day, I'm in a box by myself talking, but then I'm out emceeing things or doing whatever. And you think it was something that I was, you know, in love with, but not really the case. And even, and even now it's funny, like people just assume because I'm in radio or radio people in general love getting up in front of people and, and talking. I don't necessarily love it. It's not that I hate it, but it's, it's something that does give me anxiety every time because it's just, there's a large group of people all staring at you, waiting for you to say something. And at least in my, in my uh, job, if I say something that I think is funny, there's no one there to react yeah, they're in their vehicle. Yeah. yeah. They're in their vehicles, hopefully laughing where I've emceed things before. And I've said a joke and there's a thousand people in the room and not one person laughs. It's like, Oh, right. that's, yeah. that's not a great feeling. Yeah. Yeah. You could be killing it on the radio and, and you would, you would never have any idea, but you, you, you tell what you think is the best joke with. Yeah. Even. Yeah. And then exactly. it sounds like you're bombing. Yeah, man, what a world. Well, you know, I, you know, speaking of Howard Stern, I mean, he he's he was very much like that too. You know, every time, you know, and this is a very internal, ongoing struggle for him. Is he he genuinely thinks that he is still at this point a really bad DJ? Oh, you know, it's a constant struggle for him in terms, of, and he's thinking about: Are people listening? Do they? like what I'm saying? Do they like what we are saying, what we're talking about? And, 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 you know, every guest that goes on there tells them, Howard, you are, you are, we're not just, you know, uh, we're not just yanking your chain. You, you are actually very good at this. You're the best. Yeah. You know? But you know, what's the crazy thing is I, I'm totally the same way, but it doesn't matter how many people tell you, Oh, you are doing a good job. We love what you're doing. For some reason, at least for me, I'm still like, I, I could do, I could, do a great show or what I, I don't think necessarily is a great show, but someone tells me is a great show. And I'm like, really? Like I, I, right. I even doing a morning show now, I'm like, I'm not good at what I do. Like how am I, you know, how am I doing a morning show or, you know, getting, getting a job to be the in-game host for the riders. I'm like, is someone doing me a favor here? Like what, what's the purpose of hiring me? It's like, I think as a, I don't like calling it a performer, but as a performer, I think there's a lot of insecurities. And and that's why I think when, that's why I think I say when you're in that, when you're in that box, you're hoping people are laughing because you're insecure that people aren't laughing or aren't enjoying what you say. And as of late, I've had struggles with, I feel like the things I'm talking about aren't great. I feel like my shows haven't been great. And then I have to actually talk with a coworker who's been in radio for years. And he's like, dude, just stop overthinking it. Just get in there. You're there for a reason and people enjoy what you're doing. Stop getting in your head. So is that imposter syndrome? Do you think that it's like a a constant struggle of I, I'm not that good. I don't know why they hired me. 
Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't know if that, I don't know if that voice will, will ever get quieter and maybe it's, maybe it's something that's, that's a, a good motivator, right? Where it's like, that show I feel like wasn't great. Someone's like, no, good show. But for me, it drives me to hopefully get better in my own head each and every day. And sometimes I just got to be able to sit back and be like, you know what? People are enjoying what I'm doing. Maybe I should give myself on a pat on my back. And I'm not that I don't want that to sound arrogant, right? But I'm just saying, like, sometimes all of us need to just be like, it's okay to pat ourselves on the back and say whatever we're doing is good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Conan O'Brien, he, he goes through that same thing and Stern, obviously like it's, uh, you know, I think, I think part of the process and, and, and maybe sometimes we get it in our own heads that, you know, that our shows won't be good enough if, if we don't feel like we're struggling for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, um, you know, if you've been grinding at being on the radio or, you know, any, any kind of profession for a long time and, and you are at a, at a, at a, you know, and you are at the top of your game, think sometimes we think I've only gotten here because it's, I, you know, I've, you know, it's been very tough and, you know, you kind of, kind of have to overcome that, overcome that stuff. So. Yeah. And I, and, and I think with like, when it comes to, comes to my job too, I think that, uh, um, I think that a lot of it in radio in general, I think a lot of like the work that we do is actually outside of the radio station as well, which is so important, right? Getting yeah. out, getting out to different events and, and meeting people. And, you know, social media is such a big part of our world and a big part of radio, right? People see like, Oh, that was a funny bit that you did on the radio that you posted on Facebook. Now I'm going to come back and listen, or that was, that was just a funny bit that you posted on, on social media. So I think that it's just, um, you know, I've only been in radio for five years and I'm grateful that it's been here in Regina for all five of those years. And now I'm extremely grateful that I'm able to do a morning show in my hometown. And I think, um, a, a part of it is not only what I do on air, but you know, what I, what I do kind of around, around the community, you know? Yeah, well, I was going to, that was something else I was going to bring up with you is, is, oh, yeah, that was, sorry, now look at these, I'm causing so many disruptions for you. Now my window's open and some car just flies by. No, that's all fine. So, um, how much of your day beyond, like how many hours are you on the radio for? So I'm on the radio for four hours every day. So I, I, I get to work at 5am and then I'm on air at 6am till 10am. And then how much of the, I guess, of the rest of your day is doing like those events, uh, you know, like, like Radiothon type things or social media pieces? Because, you know, I think, I think you've gained a pretty, pretty solid social media following, at least on Instagram with, you know, your, your fake dude with signs stuff yeah. and, and that type of stuff. Uh, how much of your day is, is not on the radio? So not on the radio, uh, like even just preparing for the next day is a substantial part of the day. Like I get done and then I'll kick around at work for an hour or two and think about like map out what I'm going to talk about the following day. Um, and then, you know, kick around at the radio station to do some voicing or whatever. And then obviously right now with the pandemic, there isn't really a ton of events that, that you can go to, but when things are rocking and rolling and the world's back to normal, uh, I love to be out as, 
as much as I can, whether it's, you know, a, a pancake breakfast or, you know, a luncheon that something's, I just want to be out there a, because I'm an extrovert and I need to be out. Like, even when we were going to, when we were talking about doing this podcast, I'm like, Dale, like, why don't we, you know, get together yeah, face, yeah. To, face to face and do this? Like, I just crave, I crave that face to face interaction. So, uh, yeah, get out and t- whatever I can. If people invite me to something, I'm going to be there. Um, just that's a big part of it is just being out in the community that we live in and and support these, whether it's a charity or whatever that that's going on. You know, it's funny because yeah, you wrote that to me and and inside I'm thinking, I'm an extrovert. So this is no. No, you're an expert. I, I'm an, an introvert. introvert. Yeah, <laughs> and I, you know, and, and like pre-pandemic, I, I I did do most of these interviews in person. Mm-hmm. You know, like down a path, yeah. or I'd I'd actually go to Saskatoon if I had guests there, and I would do it in person just because I did like the you know the this person's in front of me, I can look them in the eyes, and and we can do it. But now I've kind of settled into this. Ah, oh, I just. It's a lot of effort. And, and I mean, I would, I would show you, you know, the amount of equipment that I have on this end. It's, it is a bit much, but no, uh, that's what you said to me in the message too. You're like, Oh, it's a lot of equipment. Why don't we just do it this way? I'm like, yeah, come <laughs> on. It's like, can it be that it much? Was, it was mostly, it was, that was mostly true. And yeah. partly deals being an introvert and doesn't want to <laughs> leave his house today. Yeah, so you're thriving uh, right now with this, with this, then not, not being able to go out a whole lot. Well, do you know what it, it, um, it kind of it kind of started out that way. Like in March, I was, and you know, for the most part, throughout, I w- I was fine. Like I, I I think most people probably struggled being at home and, and not seeing that many people. M- my my problem for me is that I need to at least see people a little bit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, which is why I like, like I started I started working on my own two years ago, and and I've told told this story a little bit. That when when I first started doing that, I worked from home, and I thought, you know, I'm an introvert. I'll be fine. I'll just, you know, set up set up my laptop here at home and just work from here. And then I did find that that I got pretty depressed actually because I I I I realized that I don't always need to be around and mm-hmm. and specifically talking to people and engaging directly, but it does help me to have people nearby. Right. So that's that was one of the big reasons why I went to to Path Cowork, is because I have the choice to talk to people there if I want, but if I don't want to, I don't have to. Yeah. But you know, there's at least people. there's chatter going around. Like there's yeah. there's action around you, whereas you're you're in your house right now, and it's you and you said you have a dog kicking around. Dog, there. Yeah. You know, it's like it's not the same. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. For me, it's just like I'm ready to get out there. I want to put a suit on and go out to an event. Like I'm ready for that, or even a concert, like something. I I just need that, like yeah. that normal social outing that that I think so many people are truly missing. So we kind of we kind of jumped ahead a bit. Mm-hmm. All fine. Tell me about um, how did you decide that that you wanted to do broadcasting and and because you applied to a bunch of jobs. I read after you went to broadcasting college in Saskatoon, but how did, I guess, how did you figure out that, that you wanted to, wanted to get into broadcasting in the first place and how that process works? So right when I got out of high school, I I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I I find it 
crazy that that people know at, at, at 18 or 17 that they know what they want to do for the rest of their lives, right? It's wild. So I did a bunch of different things, man. I was going to be a pilot, which I have anxiety with flying right now. Like now, I didn't really before, but now. So it's like that wouldn't have worked. I was going to be a firefighter, but then I'm like, I hate working out and that's a big part of the job. So that's not going to work well. Um, what else? There was just a list of things that I tried, but I'm glad I tried them, right? Because I found out what I didn't like. And honestly, I don't know what it was that 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 I found radio and was like, man, this might be kind of cool to try. Like I remember I called into a radio station when I was younger here in Regina and you hear your voice on the radio and you're like, yo, that's so cool. Like I just heard myself on the radio, right? So yeah, I applied to broadcasting college, uh, got in in late 2014. So by that time I was 24, right? So you're like getting, you're in your mid twenties. A lot of people have been working full time for a while or whatever it may be. So luckily this course that I got into in Saskatoon was a quick six month course. So 2014 and late 2014 got in, graduated early 2015. And before, sorry, before I got into school, I uh, was working as a street teamer with the country station here in town. Big dog. Right, um, right. So got my foot in the door a little bit, um, then got done school. And yeah, I was applying to jobs all over the country, man. Chetwin, BC, which I don't know the population, but it's a pretty small market. Wasn't getting anything. So I was getting a little bit discouraged, right? And then. Uh, in April of 2015, that's Easter, right? In April, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, I I get an I get an opportunity to be on air at Big Dog, the station that I was working at. Right, the the program director there, who's the boss of what goes on air, it's like, hey, why don't we put you on air? We'll give you a shot. It was a nine to midnight on Easter, as if anyone's listening. <laughs> you know, my mom and dad and and yeah. the other people are listening. That's about it. So that was my first shot on air and I was absolutely terrified and the rest is the rest has been I'm I'm glad again that I tried everything I did because I truly found something that I love and I can't believe I get paid to do what I do. You know, I I don't listen to their podcast that much anymore. I kind of just got worn out, but I used to very very avidly listen to the Jay and Dan podcast. And I don't know if they do it anymore, but when they were when they were in Los Angeles, when they were down in the States, they started playing old tapes of Dan O'Toole's first years when he was on the radio. And oh man, the the clips are so funny and he's so bad and just an absolute nightmare. Oh, dude, that's funny you brought that up. Yeah. I played my first demo tape from school on air about two weeks ago because ed sheeran sold his first ever like demo that he put together with some songs that he played so i played yeah. some of mine and you're right it's i'm like how did i ever get a job this is horrible oh yeah no but it, you know like we talked about at the start it's just it's practice yeah. i mean i i i would have a very hard time going back and listening to that first first interview that I did with, with John Gormley, which was, which was the first one I did on for this podcast. It's a big guest for your first guest too. You know? Yeah, no, yeah, that that was a good one. Best interview in the province probably, you know, he was, he was actually the third actual interview I did. It was the first one that I published, but yeah, I mean, either way. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's time behind the mic, right? Is, is that ultimately what it comes down to for you? Exactly. That's, it's like that with, with anything, right? Like, Tom Brady wasn't always Tom Brady, you know, he's, whatever job you do, whether you're, 
a journeyman plumber, as soon as you start as a journeyman, you're always going to learn and get better as you continue in that career. And it's the same thing with, with radio, right? Like I, I'm in 20 years from now, I'm, I'm going to be better than, than I am right now, or at least I hope so. If I'm not, I'm probably not going to be in radio anymore. Right. You always got to evolve and learn and get better. And, you know, as funny as it is to listen back to those tapes and as cringy as it is, you're like, man, I've actually kind of come a far away. That's, that's, that's good. Um, so yeah, it's, it's good to listen to those tapes and just continue to move forward and get better at what you do. Do you think if you, if you hadn't had that kind of initial job at, at, at big dog that you wouldn't have gone into, into broadcasting college? No, I, I would have still, I would have still went in. It was just for me, I was thinking, why not get my foot in the door a little bit, see kind of what it's like. Um, and, and I think, yeah, I still would have done it. Um, but it was just, yeah, this opportunity to kind of, and it worked out right because I got my foot in the door and then eventually got some on air time and, and worked my way up over there. Right. Right. Um, you and I had a conversation briefly on Instagram last year. It was, it was last summer. So, so when, when we started messaging back and forth about setting this up, I went back and looked and, uh, I forget what, what, what you had posted, but, or maybe I was posting about, about the podcast network. And we were talking back and forth about podcasts and 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 radio, and I think one of the things I asked you was, you know, is it hard for somebody who, you know, I think you're I think you're a pretty pretty creative person based on the stuff you do on social media in, in particular, but is being on radio kind kind of a restrictive platform in the sense that, you know, every five or ten minutes you have to throw it to a news break and or you have to go to news or to ads. And, um, I mean, you kind of seem like a guy who would, who would like to groove a little bit and, and maybe talk longer to guests or talk to your co-hosts longer than than you're probably allowed. Oh, for sure. And that's, that's again, the fun part of being on a podcast is this is your podcast. You make the rules, whether we talk for 30 minutes or whether, whether we talk for an hour or whatever it is, you get to make the yeah. rules, right? Oh, 30. That's it. Yeah, exactly. We're on 30. Done. Um, <laughs> but no, it's with radio. I think that's the beauty of it. And that's the challenge of it is you have a minute break to, to make someone go, wow, that was, that was creative or that was cool or that was funny. Right. I, I'm, I'm all for it. Like someday would I like to podcast? Absolutely. But again, that's the challenge you see. Okay. We got this much time let's get in, let's get out, let's get back to the music. And, and when a good, when you have a good break, you kind of feel it. You're like, yeah, that was, that went, that went well. That's how I wanted it to go. And, uh, the cool part too, is sometimes you'll be out and someone will say to you like, Hey man, that break that you did that one time, like that was awesome. That was funny. And it was like, that was like two years ago. And you remember that? That's cool. Cause Again, talking about being in a little box for four hours a day. Is anyone listening? Is anyone paying attention? And then you hear something like that, and it's like, okay, that's cool. So I there's obviously pros to both, right? And just as I said, I think it's the challenge that's the funnest part of radio is to to get that creativity into a minute to a minute and a half. Is it is it hard to figure out content and new material each day? Like what's the like what's the process for that? Do you do you guys is it every morning or, or is it the previous day before you go home? Do you, do you have a, a, like a show meeting and go, you know, this is what's going on. Like, is it more based on 
new stuff or like how does so how, how does the production of your show look in terms of that yeah so like for today um well i guess like i would so let's say it's let's say it's a tuesday and i get done my show and then I would get done and stay at the station for like an hour and start prepping for the following day. And then I come home and prep a little bit as well. I just see what's going on in the world, whether it's um, Kanye West peeing on his Grammy. Like, what is he doing? Like, you know, you talk about that or it's whether it's something local going on, like uh, uh, an election coming up. And and then you can do a little bit like, here's why I should be the mayor and make some funny funny joke about that or whatever so you just try to be as topical as possible and always see what's going on on social media and even what's going on there's always show prep to be had what's going on around you you're at the grocery grocery store and you know someone someone sneezes like you'd rather have them fart nowadays than sneeze right like there's there's always my brain is always on the go for what should i talk about on my show so a lot does go into into the show. So like I was saying, a Tuesday, I stay after the show, I prep for a bit, I come home and prep. And then I get in an hour before before my show in the morning. And then I see, okay, did anything happen in the time I got off air yesterday to now and then add that into my show as well. So basically, your brain is is just constantly running that, uh, you know, oh, there's a there's a piece, there's a there's a bit, there's a whatever. Does that does that wear you down, or or does that give you a lot of happiness? No, I think that that can be wearing, right? Because I, yeah. I got notes going on my phone, and then I email my work email to be like, "Hey, talk about this and stuff." It's it can be it can be fairly wearing, and sometimes it's probably good. That's why, like, vacations are good because you can turn that off. Although sometimes on vacation, you're like, "Well, I got to talk about that when I get back," or this. So it's like yeah. it is a constant yeah. thing, and you got to kind of be aware of it because I already got enough bouncing around in my head with, you know, mental health struggles and this and that. So you kind of do have to balance it. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, and we've got our phones 24 seven right now that it's, uh, yeah, I find that too with, you know, some of the work that I do, like I'll, I'll have a brilliant idea for whatever it may be. And I gotta, I gotta write it down cause I might forget about it and, or I gotta tell somebody, I gotta shoot a text and, then while I'm writing the email or the text, I, I remember, oh yeah, no, th- you know, I was thinking about this and then, yeah, it's, it, it can be a lot. It can. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big Jerry Seinfeld fan. And I remember him saying one time that when he, you know, he, he loves working on his material, his bits so much that, um, he would be unhappy if he stopped thinking about all that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting that, but I mean, it's he also makes millions and millions of dollars, and I, I yeah, I would suspect that you're probably not quite at quite quite there no, yet. No, if I was at that, I'd be fine thinking about it constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think some perfect. people, I think some people, yeah, they're fine with it. Others, it's like, man, like I, yeah, you got enough going on in your head, and you're right. It's like you think about this idea, and then your mind's over here and here, and that's why, like, sometimes it's good. And I mean, I don't do it enough. I have limits on my social media apps per day. So I know like it'll pop up and be like, you've been on this social media app for that long kind of thing. So sometimes it's good to just put your phone down and and try to turn off because you're we're just taking so much information and stuff in. You're right with social media and it's so news cycles are so quick and sometimes it's heavy stuff that that sometimes you just need to say, okay, I need a break and just be able to sit with my dog or my cat and do nothing. Yeah. 
we kind of touched on it, but are you like, are you contractually obligated to, to do social media stuff in addition to your radio work? Like, is it like, is your Instagram page meant at least in some ways to, to, to promote you being on the air? Um, not contractually, no, but I feel like it, it's almost like a business that isn't on social media nowadays. Like, why not? Everyone's on social media. Why not take advantage of it to promote whatever you're doing, right? So for me, I feel like if you're in radio, it's crazy not to be on social media apps. And whether, right. whether you know, an app like TikTok, where I'm on TikTok now, and I feel like I'm 15 years too old to be on TikTok, but I'm still on it and, you know, can have some fun with it. But even on TikTok, in my bio, I have morning or I have radio announcer a radio host on Play 92 Regina. It's like, who knows if even one person comes back and listens, but why not use use those platforms to maybe bring people back to the radio? So, no, I'm not contractually right. obligated, but I think it's crazy not to use it. Yeah, so I'm going to tell you something right now that, that it may surprise you, maybe not. I've never listened to you on the radio. <gasps> Dale. And this kind of, but this kind of fits into the conversation that we were having about podcasts, right? That I, to be honest, Mark, I, I I cannot listen to to radio. So, and why? Tell me why that is. I think it. I think overall, it's it's the flow. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't. Uh, it, there's something very jarring to me. It's not a. It's not about like you, people like you talking. Yeah. I find it very jarring hearing hearing a commercial. That is not being read by you or the host. So you're okay if you're listening to a podcast and and I don't know if you'll you'll give me a truthful answer or not, but let's say you're listening to a podcast and halfway through uh, an ad comes up. Like uh, let's say I listen to Dak Shepard's podcast sometimes. I love those. I love it. They're great because it's Dak's reading. Okay. Okay. So that's the only. I don't. That's the problem. Some of the. Some of the news podcasts, um, like the Daily from the from the New York Times, they they have other people read the ads because they decided, I think, pretty pretty early on in those shows that it's probably not good, you know, like for you know journalistically, if we are reading the ads, uh, just because it may conflict with the stuff that you know we're doing the reporting on. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just there's something about that you know kind of jarring switchover between the hosts and having a nice flow of whatever, you know. Like if I listen to Gormley, you know, for instance, you know, it's you know competing stations to you, but um, you know, I'll listen to him, and then as soon as they go to go go to a commercial break, I, I hate it. So let me but, ask you. I got a couple questions that oh, flipping the tables here. I want to ask you a couple questions on your podcast. Yeah, go ahead. Um. So if you're, let's say, if do you watch TV? Do you have cable at your house? No, no cable. Okay, then that. My, I was gonna say what, but I will. But I will tell you that I don't. I don't like TV commercials, but I don't mind YouTube ads, which is so strange because they're the, the. It's the same thing, except there's not a block. Or the shorter though, yeah. It's it's the length of them, right? So I think that's. Let me ask you this: How do you consume your music then? Apple Music. Yeah. Yeah, so I subscribe. If you're driving, are you listening to podcasts or are you listening to music? 
lately, it's been a more of a mixture of both. I, I, I have found in, in probably the last month or two that I've had a bit of podcast fatigue and I'm listening to more music, but um, yeah. See, and that's where I think, I think that's where radio excels, right? Is the fact that, and I, and I get where you're coming from, but I think radio excels, especially when the pandemic just started is we are live, we are local and we can tell you what's going on. Right. Like if there's a stupid train on the ring road at five o'clock, I can say, Hey, right. there's a, and maybe you hear it and swing around. Or if there's something going on COVID related here in the city, there is a breakout at so-and-so. I think that's where, that's where radio thrives is we got local people that, that are telling you what's going on in your city that you're living in. And I think that's why radio is still so strong and going to continue to be strong. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and, and that makes sense to me. And, you know, as, as somebody who, who runs a podcast network and has my own podcast, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've read a lot of research about, you know, the, the trends of who is listening to what and how much they listen to it. And, one thing that that still surprises me is is how many people still listen to to FMAM radio, which um, I mean, good, yeah, good for you guys and good, good for the radio station that keeps that keeps me employed. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll uh, get you to at least listen for for an hour or two one of these days. I'm not opposed to it. it it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just based on how my habits have just kind of built up in the, in the last little while. I guess. And I totally understand. And people will often say say that to me, like, "Oh, s- sorry, I, I, but I don't listen to the radio." I'm like, "It's all, it, it's all good. It's all good." I, yeah. You know. It, yeah. It's and that's the back to. There's so many things that that we consume, right? And it's the same thing with with music or news. There's so many different outlets that you can consume these things. Which is why, um, you know, you gotta you gotta be local with radio. You gotta you gotta you know try to keep the music flowing too, because you know music is what people want to hear as well. But when you do have those one minute breaks that you try to be creative, you throw something in there that makes someone go, "That was funny." They talk about it at the water cooler, and then other people hopefully come to listen. They like the music, they like the hosts, and hopefully they. They stick around for the commercials because those ones keep the lights on and keep us. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm I'm I I know the struggle with the advertisements. I've I've been trying to get it going with the podcast network. So no, it does keeps the lights on. So we we talked about Rod Peterson a little bit at the at the beginning. So maybe maybe we can circle back to to him and and kind of your similar stories. So I w- I was at Path Cowork actually earlier this week and I, and I was talking to somebody there about that episode that I did with Rod and probably out of all of the podcasts that I've done, except, except for maybe you know one or two others, I think about that episode the most because, you know, we could have talked all, all day about the Rough Riders and, you know, his, his time, you know, doing sports radio. Um, but his story about when he was on the air uh, doing the sports cage show and he had gone for some lunch beers and, and you know, he had too many and he comes back and he goes on the, on the air and he was drunk uh-huh. and then he got pulled off. I think all the time about how, when his, you know, the studio producer or, you know, whoever pulled him off the air, when he came in the next day, they, they could have fired him. Well, they, first of all, they could have fired him on the spot mm-hmm. or they, he could have come in the next day and told him he was fired then. 
but they were instead they but they responded with with compassion and said rod we, we you know you you have a drinking problem and we want to help you with it and i think all the time about how you know how they did that because they could have easily said you're done and he and he told me on the uh, uh, it told me in the conversation i'm so grateful to them that they that they did that and so you know you, your your story of sobriety is different from that obviously i i gathered that you didn't really have a traumatic kind of experience where you know kind of a final straw thing but uh it was 2015 right like cuz cuz mark mark melnichuk wrote this great kind of story about you when did that come out march maybe yeah i think that was right yeah. before the pandemic it it came out in the leader post yeah q i think yeah. called is it yeah leader yeah, yeah. that's right uh, so 20 so i guess so how did you get like i gathered that you just you kind of just really like to have a good time with the with the drinks and uh yeah but, but what was like what was kind of the final straw that made you go like this, this is just, this is way too much here. So the final straw for me, and that's, you know, like you're saying, it's different. It was different for Rod and it's different for everybody else, right? Like that for Rod was probably his rock bottom where it was finally like, yeah. this is, this is affecting now my job and, you know, things probably were affected in his life as well as personal life and whatever. But for me, it was uh, a relationship ending it was a year and a half relationship that ended and it ended because of my behavior with with drinking and and doing drugs so that was early 2015 and that was finally the thing that was like you just let a relationship end because of this like you don't want that to happen again in your life or not be able to find someone to be with because you're a nightmare to be around and you just cause you're causing problems and stuff right so that was early 2015, and for me, that was my rock bottom. And thankfully, that was my rock bottom because, unfortunately, for some people, rock bottom could be jail or could be death or, or whatever, right? These, for me, it was that. And uh, that whole year, I just kind of struggled with, okay, I know I have to stop and I want to stop, and I would stop for a little bit and then start up again and stop for a little right. bit and start up again. And that was the continuous struggle that entire year and it was tough, man. That was a bad year. And I, I'll say it like that was the worst year of my life. It was not a good year. And it wasn't finally until December 28th of 2015, where I had one Ryan Ginger. And I always say this, I had one, which is surprising because normally it would turn into a bunch and other stuff. And it was just a, you know, slippery slope. But I had one and I was like, that's it. I'm done. I, I just, I'm so tired of this. I'm done. December 29th said, this is it. This is like a fresh start for me, right? Which is a completely brutal time of the year to stop drinking. You have New Year's yeah. Eve coming up, what are you yeah. thinking, right? But ever Well, and, and, and that whole week between Christmas and New Year's, I mean, it, 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 uh, lots of friends that, you know, maybe don't live in Regina anymore coming back to, you know, see family and Boxing Day. Like I remember not so much anymore, but when I was in my kind of early mid 20s, Boxing Day was a huge night for partying. That whole stretch, you're right. It's just like, come over for drinks or let's go here for drinks or, you know, I haven't seen you in a while. Let's have drinks. It's just so much is revolved around drinking. So when I did that, it was was a struggle, man, because I had to avoid situations for the first 
couple years almost or year and a half where I was going to be around alcohol or that that temptation was going to be there where now you know I'm coming up on five years and I'm able to be around you know drinking I have this is what I drink now is yeah. bubblies so I'll pop one now but I'm able to be around cherry bubbly. Yeah. yeah these are these are fantastic <laughs> yeah um but yeah and it's been the best decision of my life because everything that I have in my life right now wouldn't have been here. And yes, Rod, the same thing. If that didn't happen to him at work, Rod would not be where he is today. Well, he said he, he, he may have, like he may now be dead is, is what he, t- he told me, I think. Exactly. Yeah. So if you think about in the grand scheme of things, you know, him, that happening to him at work and, you know, maybe he was embarrassed and whatever, but in the grand scheme of things, it's good that that happened and like I wouldn't go back and change anything, man, because it's brought me to where I am today and the person I am today. And I'm proud of it. Yeah. Is there a history in your, in your, in your family of, of addictions like that? Yeah. On my mom's side. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think like in hindsight, looking back, I know that when I first started drinking, I drank differently than everyone else. And then when I did, when I started doing drugs, I did drugs differently than everyone else. I, what do you What do you mean? I just did it to the excess. It wasn't just to sit around and you and I have a beer together, Dale. Like it's pedal to the metal. What's the point of just having one when we could have fifteen and you know for blackout right. basically, right? Drugs was the same thing. Um, so at the time I didn't realize it. I was surrounding myself with people that were doing the same thing. So I was justifying it. Like, nah, we're, we're all doing that. I'm doing the same things as they are. Right. But I think people around me from the get go, like my mom and dad knew that this is a problem and, and it continued to be a problem for a long time until it was finally me who realized it. And then it's like, okay, let's make a change. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I had buddies growing up in high school and, you know, kind of early twenties type thing before I, I moved to Regina. So I'm, I'm from Saskatoon. Um, but I had buddies who, you know, did kind of, kind of like what it sounds like you did where they just like, I would look at them at parties or, or you know, like at the lake or whatever. And I just go like, how can you drink that yeah. much? Yeah. And then they would wake up the next day and just keep going. And like for me, my my body just reacted as, oh my God, like I got so drunk last. I can't do that yeah. again today. But um, like is that how how that kind of was for you? Like you you were able to just keep going with it? And- yeah, I did, but at the same time, I got wicked hangovers, man. And it was like, why why are you continuing to do this if these hangovers are killing you? Like I have a this is not because of drinking, but I have a liver problem. So my liver took longer to recover than uh, someone else's liver. So I did some did some damage to it, right? And I would always get these bad hangovers, but I would, you know, lay in bed till 7 p.m. the following night and then get up and, yeah, do it all over again. Um, right. But as you were saying, when you're like out at the lake seeing buddies do that and stuff, I always thought too that I was always like the life of the party and everyone wanted to be around me and all the girls like – Oh, that's Mark. Like he loves to have fun, this and that. Again, looking back, it's like, no, no, that wasn't the case. People looked at me and probably was like, oh boy, we better go this way because we don't want to run into this guy who's, you know, barely coherent. Right. So, so you went to meetings after you, after you decided that it's, I know it's, you know, maybe you can't talk about things like that because of, uh, because the rules, but 
but you went to meetings and and got help obviously to to work yeah and at first it it was at first i was going to meetings and i'm like man these are these are silly like i don't need to go to these i why but then as i started going a little more i heard what people were sharing because i would go and never share i just didn't want to share but i was good to go and listen and people would share things and as they were sharing i'd be like okay well i've done that I've done that. I've done that. And I could relate so much to these people that were sharing that finally made me realize, no, nah, you're just like them. You you are an alcoholic. And that first time admitting it, even just saying that right now, like it still kind of yeah. like makes the arms the hair on my arm stand up a little bit. It gives me shivers because I just I don't know, it just, it just does. But the first time saying it was like this weight, this weight was lifted off my shoulders like okay you've admitted it now and now this is something you have to live with for the rest of your life but it's it's better that i admitted it and i'm living with this than continuing down the road i was going down but you know like probably 10 years ago right and i and and i think that the evolving conversation about mental health um probably 10 years ago it it might have been harder for you to, to to figure out that I've, I've got this problem and it's, it's okay. I'm not a bad person for drinking too much. It's a mental illness and it's an addiction thing. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, probably 10 years ago, it would have been different, right? Just, just cause we just, we, uh, you know, as a, as a society and particularly younger people like you and I, we just talk about it differently. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, and that's a really good. It thing. is a good thing. You're right. Because I don't think that I ever knew I really had like mental health struggles, anxiety and depression until I stopped drinking and then realized like this is this is something's going on here, right? And you finally figure it out and then you think like was was that just coping with anxiety, depression that was just kind of this coping mechanism. So um yeah, it was So was it, like where are you doing? Yeah. yeah, I would I would I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so because now that now that I'm not doing it, I realize that yeah, I, I do have anxiety. Like I said to you, I've I've anxiety with flying and I always think like when we hit a little bit of turbulence, my mind always goes to, Oh my god, we are gonna plummet thirty thousand feet and this is it. Like I've just always I catastrophize things and that can be that can be really that could be mentally exhausting. Um so yeah, after I got sober and realized that it was pretty good and you know, I've gotten tools over the years to how to deal with that. And I, I don't go to meetings anymore, but I still do go to my therapist when I need to. And I know when I need to, he always says, it's like uh, a diabetic getting a shot of insulin. You know, when you need to come and you get that yeah. shot of insulin and then you're good to go for whether it be a month or a couple of weeks or whatever it is. Yeah. I felt that this week I need, yeah, I need that shot. That's that's something I kind of was aware of this week. And so. that's good that you're it's aware a- of it and you're like you're like okay, well what is my what is my shot? Is it going for a walk with your dog? Is it is it yeah. you know doing yoga? Is it working out? Is it just going for a drive? Whatever it is, but you're aware of it, which is great. Are you able to to like if you do you have any friends or people you know that 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 you can maybe see going through a similar thing and have you been able to kind of talk to anybody like that and say, Hey, just so you know, I, I, you know, you may or may not be going through this right now, but I, I, I can see some, some similarities. I think, um, I think that I, 
I let people, if people want to talk about their struggles, I, I, especially when it comes to like, um, alcohol, I let them come to me. Um, and then usually it leads down the road of mental health stuff, but I, and it's not that I don't care. I just know that again, with alcohol, it's like, they know when they're ready to talk to someone and then they'll reach out to me and I'll say, and, and Rod's the same way. He says, this is what I do. If it works for you, great. But if it doesn't, you'll find something that does work for you because what I do is different than what Rod does, but I've talked with Rod and learned a lot from him and, you know, I'll still chat with him and it's good because I've taken things from him, but I've also taken things from this person and this person and this person and just got a bunch of stuff to learn how to, you know, deal with anxiety, depression, and just everyday life things because for me and, and all alcoholics, that temptation never goes away, man. Whether it's five years, 15 years, 20 years, if I see a bottle over there, I'm going to be like, well, no one's home right now. Why don't I just have one sip? No one's going to know. Yeah. It's craziness, yeah. but that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Rod, Rod said something similar. He said, you know, it, it was hard for me to go to, uh, or no, it was, I think it, Craven was, was coming yeah. up and he said, you know, we had tickets and then it just kind of at the last minute that nah, it's just not, not worth it's it. It's not so. worth it to put yourself in that situation where those temptations are there until at the point that, that, and you'll know when you get to that point where now it's like, I'm able to go to Craven. And for me, it's actually good because I see people and I'm like, Oh my God, that was me. And I don't want to go back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, yeah, you, you like to have a good time. Oh, you said in that leader post. Oh man, I love yeah. going out to Craven and there. That was it. I've never been, I've, I've never gone. And, and honestly, uh, it's probably because I heard stories of guys like you. <laughs> yeah. like, um, okay. Well, listen, I, Bill, I we, we got to, we're, when the world goes back to normal, we're going to get my vehicle and we're going to listen to local radio and we're not going to change it the entire way we drive out to Craven. So we're going to hit you with some commercials and we're going to get you to Craven and we're going to have a good time. We don't need it. We're not drinking. We're going to crush bubblies and have a great time. We'll do bubblies. Good. Yeah. I'd be happy to do it. I will have to mentally prepare to listen to commercials. Hey man, you might hear something and be like, Hey, I didn't know there was a sale going on at, uh, at this furniture store, I do need a new chair for my computer desk. Boom. Yeah. Well, <laughs> look forward to that. Oh, hey man, this was this was a really good conversation. And and I was I was just going through my little half sheet of notes and I we we got to everything. So uh, you know, thank you. Yeah. This this was great. Well, thanks for having me. I love that half sheet of notes that just had stuff scribbled. That's that's the way to prep for an interview. That's when you know you're becoming a pro at it is when because I'm sure your first interview you had lists and lists and now you're just Oh I, I did. I'm not even kidding. I had pages. The there was one interview that I did with with Murray Mandrick yeah. from, from the Leader mm-hmm. Post. And honestly, I'm really proud of the research that I did on it, but uh it was just too much, you know. Some sometimes you you just need to you just need to groove, yeah, you know. Which is what we did. We grooved. We we uh, I enjoyed two bubblies, and I don't know. You were drinking something, coffee or whatever. We just talked over. I had tea. I had tea. I don't typically drink tea, but I thought you know I'm going to be sitting down with Mark. We're going to be having a conversation. I I I need some tea today, so it was great. Man. It's good, man. Well, yeah, I look forward to driving out to Craven. We will listen to the local radio. Good man. I and. Uh, yeah, I look forward to it. So thank, thank you for doing this. I, I appreciate it. Thank you, it. Dale. Appreciate it, man.
That's it for this episode of the Talking 306 Podcast. Thanks very much to Mark Johnston for chatting to me. You can listen to Mark in the morning on Regina's Play 92.1 radio station. Thanks to Connexus, Sask Energy, and Path Cowork for supporting the Saskatchewan Podcast Network and the Talking 306 Podcast. That's it for this episode. See you next time.